0: What do you do when you find yourself in a tough spot? We learn what to do and more with our special guest, Mayra Rocha. have all been here at least once of our lives. Who am I kidding? We've been in challenging situations multiple times, right? And as we find ourselves in these situations, we don't know what to do, but we manage to make a decision that in life, later we question. My name is Jen Hemphill, if you don't know, and I am the host of this podcast. And today with our special guest, we learn about the specific hardship she faced and how she thinks her life would be different if she simply had asked for help. Mayra Rocha is the founder of El Dinero Si Importa, a media platform focused on destigmatizing the conversation about money with Hispanics. She is an Emmy award-winning journalist who covers business stories for Univision Networks and its flagship shows, Univision Noticias, Primer Impacto, and Despierta America. Lista? Let's go meet Mayra. Bienvenida, Mayra. I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast and to get to know a little bit more about you. Just welcome. Welcome to Herdinetta Matters.
1: Thank you so much, Jen, for inviting me. I'm very, very happy to finally be here. (laughs) Well, let's go back.
0: As always, we like to go back in time. So if you could take us back and tell us a little bit about your upbringing and the experiences, the lessons that you have had around money that you know to this day has had an impact. Let's say you were doing, I don't know, going to the bank or paying a bill or making a big purchasing decision and you've realized that past experience there's some sort of impact on whether you made the decision to make that big purchase or held back, whatever the case might be. So tell us, give us the scoop.
1: I grew up in Tijuana, Mexico, which is a pretty unique experience because it's definitely different. When you grew up in Tijuana, you have the border to San Diego. So you live in both worlds. And I was lucky enough to be able to school in San Diego. So my whole life I got up, crossed the border, went to San Diego, came back, and then went back to the U.S. to do sports. I truly am two people in one. (laughs) I'm very Mexican and very American sometimes. With this unique experience, obviously, I don't think I knew it when I was younger. But as I got older, I realized you just have to take the best of both worlds. But even that is hard sometimes when it comes to money, right? Because it's two very different Ways of seeing money, of talking about money. So I think that's taking me back to that. That's where I come from. So el dinero sí si importa actually should be like el dinero, yes, matters because it's both <laughs> cultures at, at once.
0: <laughs> so tell us in your experience, what were those differences? Because you mentioned and how you talk money and how money is seen. So talk to us about that, those differences in, in your eyes.
1: This is what I think I perceived. So in Mexico, there's not a lot of debt. And it's not because people don't want to. It's just really hard to get. So people will spend, let's say, years building a house. But then when they build it, it's paid for. So I grew up with this kind of mentality of my parents, same thing. They took a long time to build a house. Our cars were not new. They were always used cars, paid for. So that was one good side of Mexico, I would say. Another, and I don't want to say bad, it's just very Mexican, was you know, I grew up in Mexico with a lot of parties, weekend parties, quinceañeras, baptisms, and they were all big parties. You know, whether families had or didn't have the money, whether my family had it, I don't know. But, you know, that's one cultural thing that I saw, you know, these huge parties. On my American side, you know, my American friends when I would go to the US, I perceived something a little different. It was more like their families were more cautious. They had health insurance. The cars weren't maybe used. They were new. They didn't have these big parties. They were always even when I was young, the family were already planning for college. So the subtle differences certainly influenced how I see money now. But Those are just in simple terms. I don't want to say it's bad. I mean, is it bad to spend money on family? No. Is it bad to overspend? Yes. But I feel that I'm certainly the Mexican side lives with money for the present. I'm not sure if it has to do with the fact that maybe they don't have that big mortgage. They don't have those big stresses of life. It's different. It's Mexico. You gotta have money to eat, right? Because it's more day to day. And then in the U.S., I perceived everything a little more organized, a little more less flashy and more conscientious.
0: Right. Yeah. I see the similar being from Colombia. I think it's just in Latino culture in general. Yeah, you're right. There's not I don't know if the opportunities is the right word, but if the options of taking out a loan, I mean, it's there, but it's hard to get. So you see the same thing where people are building their own houses at their own time with the money that they have when they have it. And you're right, the the quinceañeras, I didn't have a quinceañera. I think I'm one of the few Latinas that didn't have. And I was here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then we didn't have yeah. money. So that was an influence. So because you were going back and forth mm-hmm. in Tijuana, you would go to the U.S., you went to school. And then we go back home and then do it again. How did you navigate those? Well, you were in school, but when you became an adult, and I would presume at that time, you, that's when you stopped going back and forth.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, I went to college in, well, I did six months in Paris. But other than that, I came to Miami and then I just stayed in Miami.
0: Gotcha. And how did your parents, because you went back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. How did they navigate those differences in terms of the money? Because you were going into the U.S., seeing these different things, then coming back home. So what were those conversations? Were there those conversations?
1: I don't think there were conversations because, as you may know, in Mexico, it's not very culturally accepted to discuss money, much less with children. So there wasn't a lot of discussions. There was a matter of fact assumption that anything related to money, I would explain to my parents. For example, college, it was, I want to go to college and it's this much. And, and we really, no one sincerely told us that they could have started to save when i was young so there were issues like that that i didn't know therefore i didn't tell them but there was very little discussions about money as you know i have the el Dinero importa platform and it's the main reason for this is to discuss money because i didn't have that so anything that i learned through friends through maybe watching a show whatever it was in the us i would relay to my parents they did have bank accounts in san diego And the local bank employees told them about CDs. So I remember my mom had CDs and she did have a life insurance since we were young. So she, you know, someone must have told her because I remember those two products, right, that she did have. But that was it. I didn't find out about the 401k until I was years into working. There were a bunch of other products that would have been very helpful as I became an adult that I now utilize for me and my son. But unfortunately, we didn't know. Right.
0: And unfortunately, a lot of people, that's what's happening in our community, even though I think that's changing. Do you think that's shifting because you work at Univision, so you are able to see a lot of things in terms of what people are talking about? What have you seen change in the past, let's say five, seven years in terms of Maybe five, seven years ago, people didn't know about 401ks and that's changing. What have you seen change in terms of our community, in terms of knowledge or maybe what they're asking about or their interest or maybe lack thereof? Who knows?
1: Two things. I'm going to say good and bad. Good thing I feel that the younger generations are more open to discussing money. They're much more able to find out different financial possibilities. So that's good, because then it's like I said, they would be the ones to tell their parents. I do see that they every story that I do about money, it goes top of the, it, whether it's a digital story or, or linear, most of the time it goes towards the top. So there is interest. People do want to learn. People do want to understand it. I do feel that as second generation Hispanics, you know, we're here in the U.S., we are much more knowledgeable about this. So I feel that this is good. People are listening. People want to learn. So that part, we're good. What I see that is not good is that there's still a lot of lack of education. There's still, you know, the generational wealth is still not even, you know, it's not an option yet. Not that it's not an option. It's just not something that is culturally ingrained in families yet. So people are buying homes, but I just read an article that they're buying at really high interest, maybe not going through the best route. There's a bunch of programs for first time buyers that Hispanics are not aware. There is, you know, these high interest loans that are there. A lot of Hispanics and minorities are the ones that get them. Why? Because their credit is not good. Why did their credit not get good? Because maybe they weren't aware. They took out a loan. They had a family emergency. Culturally, you know, we're... Very close to our family still. So, what do I see? I see, I guess it's part of the learning process, but I still would like to see, you know, I don't want to read these statistics. I don't want to read that Hispanics are getting these shark loans with 100% interest or that they're just, you know, we want a house and they're doing it because they're just, you know, they think no one's going to approve them. Therefore, they go and get the first loan and they're scared. And culturally, we don't want to. or argue and we just do it. So those are the, I guess, the cultural things that I would like to help avoid.
0: I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you, this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything. If you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. And have you seen, I don't know if you know this or not, but have you seen the numbers of people in our community going for those Lovely loans that have 100%, 200% interest. Has that decreased in your opinion in the past few years or has that not changed?
1: That's one of the stories, actually, the investigative stories that I'm looking into doing because it's one of the stories that makes me the most upset. Mm. But I want to say it's not decreasing and it's not decreasing because we are not saving enough. We are a hardworking community. We work as hard as we can, two, three jobs, but a lot of our community is not saving. So when they have an emergency, like a a medical emergency, I just talked to a friend who is not, you know, it's a middle executive, right? She makes good money. And she had an emergency in her home country, one of her parents. So she had to get something like $8,000. And even though for someone that makes good money, that's not a lot. She didn't have it. So what did she do? She went in. Before we jump into today's
0: content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show.
1: It's something special just for you. Today, she got credit cards, her credit went down, she told me like 120 points in one month. So I feel that we are very, and I'm talking generalizing here, but we're very positive And we think nothing's going to happen. And we don't plan enough for the future. I think Mm. that's a statement Mm -hmm. I can make. You know, we do not, you know, I don't know if it's religion. I don't know if it's like I said, we're a very positive (laughs) cultural community, but we do not plan for the future. And I tell people planning for the future is not a luxury. It's like we pay car insurance because if we don't have it, we'll get fined or, you know, well, it's really bad. Right. And in the future, we kind of leave it for like either, oh, our kids will take care of us or, you know, God will provide. And I am very Christian and I, and I do hope God will provide, but we have to, I know we're most of us, no one, I mean, there are some millionaires, gazillionaires, but we all have to budget our money. And in that budget, we have to have an emergency so that we do not go these crazy routes because that's the only alternative.
0: Right. And I think you're right. I think a part of why we don't worry is because of that positivity that we have. And that thing that I've always heard, si Dios quiere, which I have my faith, but it was more of like, bueno, si Dios quiere, nos va a proveer. You know, si Dios quiere, Mm -hmm. we'll have more money. Si Dios quiere. And I've heard that so much. And I'm like a part of that in my Religious use is true, but we also have to do the other part. We have to do our own part because I always say, si Dios quiere, pero Dios quiere que también hagas un poco de trabajo, ¿no? Yes. So I absolutely agree with you. And I'm curious to know, because I know our time is limited here today, but, but I'm curious to know, you shared with me that at one time you opted for a short sale of your house, a time that you were overwhelmed and that you regretted this decision. Can you talk to us about that?
1: Yes, and I still get teary. I, Is that something you would rather not no, talk about? No, 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 okay. no, I want to talk about it, yes. Okay, okay. No, it's just, you know, bad decisions are bad decisions and that's it. And we all learn from our mistakes. But I always talk about this because we, when you hear my platform, I talk about talking about money like we're doing now, but also being well 360. I do firmly believe that money is a medium to our needs. I do believe that it brings happiness, comfort, peace, what you know, it has many purposes. But I do believe that we cannot make money if we are not well a hundred percent mentally and physically. So I say this because and I'll go quick I'll go into my decision, but it was a time where I was getting divorced. I lived in a house, very cute house that was I want to say it was an up-and-coming neighborhood so very valuable but you know not a close community per se so i had lost my job and then my ex-husband lost his job and then you know my parents all have always supported me but it was just it was a mortgage it wasn't like you know help me out with a car payment it was these big payments and, and taxes and all these huge payments that had to be done so I get my job or my job back, but still so we're getting separated, and this house it was during the two thousand and seven or one of the real estate crashes, so my house that I owed at the time something like two hundred and seventy five thousand was worth like a hundred and twenty five at that time. I still had to make my payments on a two hundred and seventy five thousand leftover mortgage. so I knew because I knew that that house was gonna go back up. I knew it, but at that time, you know, my world closed down because I wasn't well. I was going through a separation. I had just been unemployed. I was stressed. I had a little kid, so I was not mentally strong. And to add to that, if I kept the house, which I, pos- you know, I could afford it at that point, maybe. It was an up-and-coming neighborhood. So I was scared to be there by myself with a little four-year-old. And, you know, maybe I made a smart decision. But I thought, you know, it's not the right thing for me to stay here. You know, I'm, I'm in a big house. In a What if something happens to me? I don't have, own guns. You know, it was... So I made a decision to short sale. Short sale. And mm-hmm. needless to say, that house now, it's probably worth like $750,000. And, you know, every time I pass by it, my stomach hurts. But, and I say this because, and I think I mentioned it to you when I wrote to you that it would have been a different story if I had talked to someone, if I had gone to a financial advisor, or a financial coach, or someone that was clear headed and knew about money and investments and just said, Hey, hold on, maybe." tough it out for a couple months, rent it if you don't feel safe. It was like I was in this bubble and I let it go. So, you know, to make this story short, it's just, you know, we should never make decisions by ourselves and we should never, never, I've learned never to make a decision when you're not well. And when you're not well, you go to someone that is well.
0: Yes. Well, I really, really appreciate sharing this. Even I know it's very hard. It's Obviously, it's a very emotional story, but I'm glad that you shared it because one, like you said, when we are overwhelmed, when we have so much going on, it's very hard to make a financial decision because we're just making a financial decision based on how we're feeling and not necessarily with all the options laid out, which is why you said, if I had talked to a professional, right, a financial professional, they would have known given me options that I didn't know I'd have, right. So I wanted to highlight that too, as well as this is why it's so important. And even in things, how much I always call it fog in the brain or fog in the head, like when you have so much going on, you need to take care of yourself because it's like, let's say I've been to (laughs) the grocery store or I've had a bad day. And even though I've had like, let's say we're trying to minimize eating out and it's been a bad week and I've had a lot going on. And even though maybe I have the meat defrosted and ready to go, but because of all that fog in my brain, it just doesn't allow me to think clearly. And therefore I decide, well, it's just easier if we go out to eat. That's just you know not such an example like yours that that was a, it's a take a bigger emotional toll. But my point being here for those of you listening that when you are overwhelmed and stress, take some time out. That financial decision can wait. It. I mean, you might think it cannot wait. And maybe it can wait a little bit, maybe not a long time, but take some time out to clear your head. The clearer your head, the better the decision that you can make. And like Maida said, gives you an opportunity to talk to someone to maybe explore your options because you're just one human being. Yes. <laughs> and more, you know, multiple brains thinking together, they can work magic. So, Maida, I really, really appreciate you sharing that story. I wanted you to share it. And I mean, I knew it was. Emotional, I just didn't know how much because you mentioned that you drive there and your stomach sinks. So I can imagine, but the great thing about this, and even though this is still hard for you, you have come ahead, right? You have come ahead, you have come out of it. You've experienced success, you're doing well. So again, thank you, thank you for taking time to share that story. And to just wrap it up, Amida, you've mentioned your platform El dinero se importa. And one of the missions is to destigmatize, say that three times fast, money for our Latino community. So tell us like what do you think is the best way or the most effective way to destigmatize (laughs) money?
1: (laughs) I think the best way in if you read my mission statement, it's just let's talk about money. Let's discuss it. You know, it can't be, you know, good or bad, like we just did right now. I would not be This, the house, my parents' lack of knowledge of money would not, I mean, I probably would not be doing what I'm doing now, right? Because it is my passion to inform other Hispanics about money and I fight for it and I, and I continue to do stories on it and I do it because I just, I think that the best way it's that it's just, let's talk about it. Let's have like official meetings, like once a month with the family with maybe start with the husband like a money date, they call them. And this is where we're at. And this is the budget. And it's not the husband's responsibility. And it's not the wife's responsibility. We're in America, aquí somos iguales, and we discuss it. And if there's a big change, then you talk to the family, hey, we're going to do this as a family, we want to save to go on vacation next year. So we're going to pull down on the restaurants. If you're a kid, there's not going to be so many toys, whatever it is conversation you want to have, but let's talk it. Same with your kids, like, Start, you know, talking to them and, you know, you can follow my platform, they can follow your platform, whatever platform they want to follow, but start to get educated, dedicate whatever, you know, 10 minutes a week if you want. But for example, if you have kids start investing in an IRA when they're little, that guarantees that they're going to be hopefully millionaires when they retire at 65. You just need to put you a know, certain amount into an IRA when they're little and that could happen. So these things that I didn't know that I talk about is the ones that I truly believe that we can do. We can discuss with children, we can discuss with our families and let's, you know, I think it's bad manners to brag about money, you know, it's or there's certain ways that where money becomes uncomfortable, but certainly with your close family, money is just like, let's discuss food. Let's discuss our health. I see that you're tired. What's going on? Do you need to go to the doctor? Same thing with money. That's how I see it. And I think that's as a community is how we're going to move forward.
0: Absolutely. I can't agree more. Mayra, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you. Te aprecio. Muchas gracias por todo. And for everything that you do. Thanks again.
1: No, thank you, Jen, for the invite. And I hope everyone could learn from our stories. Absolutely.
0: I love this conversation with Maida as it showed how much of a part the challenges of our life play in the decisions that we make with our money. Maida made a difficult decision as best as she could during a challenging part of her life. She questions this decision as you heard. And if you have been there, always remember that you did the best with what you knew and what you were dealing with. And really is also a lesson in not being afraid of asking for help. And granted, sometimes we, in those difficult decisions, there's no space to even think or think clearly. But I think it's important to always have a plan in place, just a simple plan. It doesn't have to be anything complex of something that you write down. If you find yourself in a difficult decision, what do you do? And I would say, take some time out, to clear your head and ask for help like we learned from Mida. Asking for help can be is just another brain, another mind, someone to give us a different perspective so we can make better decisions. And with that outside perspective, you can connect with Mida over on Instagram. Just look up El dinero si importa. Again, that is el dinero si importa. And I will have that linked up in today's show notes. If you love this episode and this conversation, I would love to ask you to do two things. Would you do that for me? I would be grateful. Those two things are to share and review. Please share this episode with one person. That's all I ask one person and review the podcast on. Apple Podcast. We make it easy for you by going to the resources section of today's episode in the show notes. And if you do that, email us at support at with a screenshot of the review, and we will put it in our drawing for a free month of our membership financially strong circle. Next week on the podcast, I will be discussing something that I personally have been questioning. Yes, it's going to be a solo episode. And what have I been questioning? Well, should we really be leasing cars or buying cars? And I question that because of the rise of costs of cars. Of course, everything has gone up in price. And I just question, does it really make sense to buy a car versus leasing? I've never leased a car before. And when you think about or when you consider not just the cost of the car, but the cost of maintaining of the car. So I'm going to dive in and into what I have found. So stay tuned for that episode. And as always, I'm just going to provide you the information and allow you to make the decision on your own. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into this show. I know you have a ton of podcasts to choose from. Be sure to check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 314. That is com forward slash 314. Remember that being the reina of your money starts right now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.